today on the Pea Valley podcast, I have to me in the house. She's here to talk about some more Pea Valley episodes. And I'd like to pick up where we left off, which was episode two. So now for episode three, to me, did you notice that Autumn went wig shopping right after Uncle Clifford told her that she has do-it-yourself hair? I didn't actually notice that those two things happened so close together, but it's really funny. Um, <laughs> I know that she also was just trying to run her scam better, but it probably did play into it because when she tried that long week, she pretty much stuck to it. Nice. Very nice. Um, so what did Isaiah Washington tweet you? Shut the fuck up. Um, actually, I can remember. I think about it. Well, so you can start with I, what you said. Yeah. So I tweeted him. Um, I always just include people's apps if they exist on Twitter, if I'm talking about them. And I saw him, and I was like, this man is very familiar. I know I've seen him something. <laughs> and I thought about it for a second. And I was like, that's because he was in Living Single, however many years ago. But he's playing that doctor that Khadija dated. So I ended up adding him. Um, and I think he replied to that with, like, a funny video clip or whatever because I said that he looked so different and it was whatever. So I was like, oh, he's active on his Twitter. Let me look at it. And then I went and looked at it and saw that he is a big MAGA head. And I was like, the fuck? I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> like, he, he has this really weird rhetoric when it comes to Twitter. He speaks a lot of, like, pro-MAGA stuff. And then, like, could just be very intellectual, but for some reason, every time he puts the thought, he uses the same photo of himself, and he attaches that photo to the tweet. He's clearly a well. Um, Isaiah Washington at me. <laughs> and so I blocked him just in case he tried to tell me some extra shit. So I continue to tell everybody that he is so mega, and how the hell is he on this show, and how did they deal with him? Um Oh, wait, so you said, did he say anything back to you? No, because okay. I think at the time that I was like, uh, I had already blocked him because I didn't want backlash. I just wanted people to know that this weird shit was happening. <laughs> I mean, I don't, the thing is, he's an asshole IRL and he's an asshole on the show. It's kind of perfect casting. Um, I He is so problematic. And he, yeah, with the unwell thing, it's funny because he, like, slammed his Grey's Anatomy co-worker, I think they were saying 15 years later, and it's like, you have a new job, new opportunity, just leave it at that. Um, so, do you still want him written off of Pea Valley? Um, yeah, but, you know, I have to learn to appreciate villains. Because it used to be very black and white for me, like especially as a teen watching TV, it's like, nope, this character is terrible. I want them gone. I want them dead. Okay. But actually, villains make us appreciate the show more. Like, we, we need the drama. They bring the drama. But, like, if he was written off, I wouldn't be sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, It is, I don't know. I, I hope, I'm hoping he'll at me. I haven't really, I haven't ever added, I didn't ever, like, directly at him. But, I mean, somebody one time said that he, he like, searches his name. And he'll, like, yeah, Actually, no. 
now that you mention it, I did not at him because I didn't feel like looking to see if he had a Twitter. He searched his name. You were correct. I think I just said Isaiah Washington because his, his Twitter is I Washington and I wouldn't have figured that out. Okay. Oh, my you are gosh. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Weirdo. That's weirdo behavior. <laughs> So, do you think that Autumn eats, do you think that she was eating too fast when she was having breakfast with Andre at the restaurant? Because some people did, and I, I'm like, that's how I get down with my food. So, I, I am a detail-oriented person. I would pick up so much shit while watching a TV show, and even I did notice that she was eating fast. What a weird thing to pay attention to. Yeah, people were saying it, she was eating like it was her la- the Last Supper, and I'm just like... And if you think I'm supposed to eat dainty in front of a man, you put that dick. <laughs> I just, I mean, obviously, I don't know. To me, that's how I eat, so I didn't think it was anything special, but... Um, if she was, like, smacking all the wild, <laughs> just rude manner, spitting food, then that's one thing. But getting down on your plate... Especially in the South. That's a quality. To me, you're already making me laugh so much. And I apologize to everybody who does not like my laugh. I'm very well aware. I <laughs> Well, nobody. I'm just apologizing in advance because I always describe my laugh as a hyena meets Cruella DeVille. It is what it is. I like to think that it's contagious and infectious, but... Everybody knows it's one of those, like, what is wrong with this bitch type of laugh. I have not thought that. I would promise. Um, do you like Autumn's blonde wig? I I can't, like, look at her in that blonde wig without thinking about Ronnie from the Players Club. Okay. Even though Ronnie's hair was never that long, it's just, like, 20 Ronnie to me. Um, I don't dislike it, though. I think it suits her. I think it's okay. I think, um, you know, kind of elongates her face a little bit, and her face is already thin, but I I do like it. it there's something that's kind of spicy about it and just kind of... Did you notice how much of a stalker little Murda is showing up at DJ <laughs> Nevisker's high school, inviting himself to the kitchen of the pink, always breaking into Uncle Clifford's car... I think that uh, it's something that needs to be addressed. <laughs> like, nobody's mentioned it. Um, I think that it, it's funny because it's like, okay, he's moving under the radar because he knows that essentially for him to be with Uncle Clifford is queer in some way. I wouldn't label it gay. Mm-hmm. So, and also, like, nobody knows Uncle Clifford's love life, and it's probably on purpose for her own protection. So he's being clandestine. But it's also just like, don't break into people's cars. <laughs> that might be too much. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, it's funny. I think if a guy did that for me, it would be like instant. I'm dried out. I can't get WAP for you at all. Because it's just scary. There's something scary about it. I mean, he did that on Uncle Clifford at night. Like, the pink has to close late. (laughs) She's in her car. And then there's little bird. I'm like, what? But, 
I think it was the, um, the high school, him showing up for DJ Never Scared and being in the kitchen at the bank. Like you said, you're so funny. Sorry. Um, he's, he's definitely a stalker in a way where, like, if a the assistant man did that to me, <laughs> I would be like, oh, I'm calling the police, and I don't even like the police. Like, I never want to call them, but also, you're going to kill me, and I know it. Um, I think there's a slight difference because, like, Uncle Cliff is the proprietor of the club, and so she kind of had some sort of power, and there's something that he needs from her. Mm-hmm. But she also is terrified, so I don't know how she did not call <laughs> She was definitely terrified, and it was it was very poignant, but like also I think easy to overlook. Where she was basically like, when she was in the back of her car, and I think she said, "Jesus, not today," or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's quite possible that anybody will kill her just from just because they saw oh, her, okay. and she didn't know enough about him know that he wasn't going to do that and they fooled around True. like the night before that and oftentimes men who think they are cishet who are attracted to anyone outside of like the binary or attracted to men and fool around with them are likely to kill them shortly thereafter because they don't want it to come out exactly so she was terrified and I don't know how she didn't like end up trying to like, get him away from her. But I guess ultimately you want her over. Still talking about You know, it's sometimes that stalker shit works. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm, you corrected me about my thoughts on porn playing on Andre's computer. Can you please go ahead and explain your take on my take? So my original take was that I don't know why there was porn playing in the background. And you were like, um, bitch, she was doing that because she was trying to masturbate? No, it was a cover story. Okay. Like, she said that she wanted to so-called keep her engine humming. Um, asking him if he had any condoms was deployed to get him out of the room so that she could get on his computer. So he, he did not have condoms to be responsible or because he's engaged, I guess. Um, and so he left to get condoms. She got on the computer. She's supposed to be looking at porn. So she opened up some porn. Okay. Ran it in the back, stole his files. And that way, like, if he walked in before she was done, she could exit real quick. And the point where I'd be playing, that was my take on that. Well, I hope, I mean, I hope everybody sees it the way that you see it and they are not like me who is so basic who was like there doesn't need to be porn there and you're like um this is why which I mean that makes sense so that's why that's why I'm speaking to you so episode three we discover that Mercedes had Terica do you think that Mercedes had Terica at 13 years old and do you think the fans have been overlooking how insane that is if Mercedes was actually 13. Um, so Mercedes hasn't said that she's 25. She just said when she quit that 25 is the retirement age for a stripper these days. Mm-hmm. So she could have been implying that she's 27 or 28 and is well aged out as the profession. But mm-hmm. even that would have made her at most like 16. 
And if she had that child with a married man, then he was well above 16. Um, I way it's fucking gross and predatory, and he should have been in jail. Yes, I really, really am hoping that Mercedes is older, as I said. Um, obviously, the the age of consent is possibly 16, down there. Talk about the age of consent. Um, I know that it. I know that it's lower in some states in the South. Like they yeah. they do their own thing. <laughs> Episode four. Do you think that Patrice never planned to give Mercedes her money back? That's a really good question. Um, maybe not. I think that there is a possibility that when she took the money from her to put it down for the bank, she did in her heart believe that she intended to give it back. You know, she may have told herself that she was going to give it back, but there was this cocktail of things going on right around the time where Mercedes wanted her money back or needed her money back. Um, We see all of Patrice's like thinking that she's becoming more of a pillar in her church, um, being, somewhat seduced and then played by the guy who controls, who goes up on the pulpit. I don't know what they call him. Um, and then deciding that she needs to leave that church because she's been called by the feathers that fall down from the sky or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, so she became more desperate, wanted to start her own thing, didn't want to wait because she wanted to stick it to that guy. And also she thinks that, I think that she truly believes in her heart that she's righteous and that she has risen above the things that she did when she was younger, including what she did to her daughter. But her daughter has decided to be a salacious hoe. And it is her duty as a mother, Patrice, to basically take that devil money mm-hmm. and put it into something good. So she thinks she's doing the right thing by keeping that money. And I think that her self-righteousness, along with what's going on with her church, um, made it so that she absolutely would never have given that money back to Mercedes. But I also think that maybe when she originally took it, she thought she was going to give it back. That was the absolute perfect answer. It's like, I feel like I have nothing to add. <laughs> like I just feel like you killed it. I agree with absolutely everything you said. That was just so thoughtful, so insightful. Um, I mean, Patrice was acting pressed when Mercedes asked her for the money back, and she seems to have this shady past with Mercedes, opening the cards, um, a credit card, and a bill in Mercedes' name. So I kind of feel like um, Patrice has always abused and controlled Mercedes, and I don't know if it was going to come to an end um, before she was supposed to give the money back. I just kind of see it as a continuation of her abuse, just even how she treats her. But she, the fact remains, she wouldn't have taken the money out, to your point. I agree. She wouldn't have taken, or she took the money out to give it to Mercedes. I don't think she took it out to just keep it in her purse or something. So, um, But she is very unpredictable. I won't call her crazy at this time. I will say she's unpredictable. So I think, yeah, she just kind of went with it, the feather. And 
maybe some of it was that guy was like, oh, you could sing. I would, I would come to see you every Sunday or something. <laughs> yeah. And she does think she should be touring, opening for Beyonce. Like, she really <laughs> does love to sing. And I think that was all like, you know what, I got to do this. Um, so according to the bank statement that Patrice held, the entire balance of her church's bank account consisted of Mercedes' money. Do you think this means that the church is going bankrupt considering they were seeking $100,000 and they didn't even have one-fifth of that money? Or do you think that the church has more money available but just withdrew the other money that was being saved in the church bank account? Um, I never thought about it. Because churches would be lying. <laughs> they do. They're, they're often like, we need you to put this in the collection plate, and we need money for this, and we need to hold a fundraiser for that, and the pastor has like three dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were being duplicitous. But they might also be in trouble. They were acting as though they were in trouble. I'm not sure. I mean, they kept asking for the tithing, and they kept asking mm-hmm. for Mercedes money. <clears throat> In the church, the seats definitely are not filled. It's like half empty. Right. Um, so Gidget is trying to teach Autumn how to pole dance. Do you think we will see Autumn morph into Mississippi 2.0 in season two? Or do you think that Autumn won't be dancing anymore considering what happened in the season finale? Uh, I have no idea. I think she's going to try to be more of a boss around the club. Mm-hmm. And I'm about as uncomfortable with that as Uncle Clifford is. <laughs> like, I don't I don't really want to walk around and see her running shit. I don't, I don't want to see her walking around and running shit. Um, I don't know what that would look like. I know that she's, she's an accountant or something. I'm, I'm sure she could help them financially manage. You know, mm-hmm. so they never go in the red again. But, like, I don't really want that. Even though it's not that she's a great dancer, I just don't need her to switch roles. <laughs> she said she loves dancing, so yeah. maybe she'll keep dancing. Um, I, I personally, based upon what I've seen, I don't care to see Autumn on the pole. And I for sure do not want to see her bossing everyone around. And I don't see, like, the other bitches are not going for that shit either. They're just, they're not. And so, on the like, I agree with everything you're saying, but it's also would be so incredibly entertaining to see her walking in there. Like, you stand over here, you go over there. Like, the tension, the potential tension between Autumn and Uncle Clifford and Autumn and the staff is it's going to be funny. I like I, but I am somebody who wanted more footage of the fight between uh, Mercedes and Patrice. So I would love for there to be some footage of the girls and (laughs) I just see, I just see some, a lot of tension there. That's going to be very entertaining. So do you, they may have been setting this up for that because um, they continue to make it known that the girls were not appreciating her. Like, showing off how many tips she was getting without doing much work. We don't particularly love her. Um, so it might not really like working under her, and that might be something that you want to pursue for natural attention's sake to make it more juicy. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, do you think that Mercedes should move in with Coach and be his live-in side chick? 
should. I don't know. Like, I hate that. <laughs> but at the same time, if she was there getting money, like lots of money from him, that could be a great cup. I don't, I wouldn't sneeze at it. But I just don't want that for her. I just don't like him. <laughs> so, like, I don't, I don't like him. I don't want him to have her. Do you want uh, Maine to have her? No, uh, I don't. There's nothing technically wrong with Maine's character. I'm not attracted to that man. That's my problem. <laughs> I mean, he is, like, in and out of jail. Oh, true. But a lot of people are. And also, a lot of people are targeted, especially once they've already been. So I'm not passing no judgment. Because um, if he was in, again, they wouldn't... There wouldn't be any spin off her back. She's super independent. I mean, I don't like. Okay, well, new question or another question. Do you think that Mercedes and Maine should fuck? Sure. She okay. thinks she's not going to. But I think she would enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> she would enjoy it. I mean, they, they need to. I need to see that scene. I really do. There's, there's just chem- they have really good chemistry. They, I enjoy their sexual tension. She, she doesn't feel coach like that at all. I know. Um. So I just want to know if I am the only dumbass who thought that Uncle Clifford was throwing shade when she told Mercedes to turn around so she could remember her by her ass. That seemed most painful for me, but I'm not sure what I was really supposed to feel. I was just like, ouch. But I also don't know if it was meant to be me. It seems like it was. So, did you think that Keyshawn was going to do a good job taking Mercedes' slot and performing for Mercedes Sundays? Like in the future or the first night that she did? Before, when she was like, oh, I'll do it. Oh, I didn't know what to think. <laughs> I was like, I guess she's going to pull it out. Um, she had gotten some black talk advice from Mercedes shortly before that. So I was like, maybe she'll have it in her. She's gorgeous. People like her. She just didn't believe that she had that much power as a stripper. But that's because she was into, like, the whole type of niggas that would come in and refuse to give her money. I thought that was a toss-up, like a 50-50 chance. Yeah, I kind of thought for <clears throat> I kind of thought for Mississippi to offer to fill this lot. I was like, she knows that the club is filled with people who've been waiting for an hour. She might be able to actually, but do something on that pull. But yeah, we were all so pleasantly surprised. It was amazing. Okay. On to episode five. Speaking of Mississippi. Do you think that Mississippi is a better dancer than the woman who hosts Mercedes Sundays or is featured in Mercedes Sundays? This is a tense question for me because, to be honest with you, there were times when I was watching Mercedes dance and I was just like, that's an interesting move. Textured, sexy. But then I was just like, what the fuck do I know? I've gone to a strip club like once in my life, which I'm very sad to say. Um, 
2021, Literally. baby. 2021. Well, actually, 2022 because we live in the. Gonna do my retirement party. Yeah, I think there there were times where she was dancing like up at the top of the pole, and she's like on the ceiling, and I was just like, "This isn't necessarily sexy." <laughs> but also, I'm not gonna tell you how to do this athletic ass job. <laughs> so I think maybe I think that Mississippi is a bit more graceful. But like, I haven't seen a lot of ass shaking from either of them because they focus so much on pole work. So I'm not sure who I was taking a dance though. <laughs> yeah, I I gave my day. I just take um in my recap i i think mercy i her energy i'm with her energy and uh mississippi is definitely you just kind of watch her and i feel like mercedes she could be either a bit more interactive or just she puts she's just a very forceful dancer and i would if i wanted somebody to strip for me i want the the one who's going to be the nastiest and that person for me would be um, Mercedes over Mississippi, who is kind of graceful, but Mississippi is morphing into this diva, so she could really kind of start to do a lot more next season when you think about it. Hold on. Um, how much money do you think that Lauren left behind when she passed out, and what do you think about Keyshawn and Gidget stealing Lauren's money? Were they wrong, or was it not that serious? Um, I would say it was probably a huge check, but it might have been more. She never mentioned how much she got in that settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was at least a few grand. And also, I don't even think it's stealing. <laughs> if you leave your money just laying there and you're in a strip club and you're being serviced, you fell in the middle, you fell asleep in the middle of the service. I'm not going to sit here and count through half of your money and just take half of it because you fell asleep halfway through. That was that girl's money. <laughs> they should have took it. <laughs> like, what do I look like slapping on the face? Well, wake up. How much money can I have? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, it, it was very accurate. You are completely right. God knows I would have taken that money, but I just kind of would have preferred to see like strippers kind of rising above the stereotype of being like money hungry, money grubbing. But that, I think it was also very fun for us to watch too, to just see there's all this money right next to you. What you going to do about it? And just to see them take it. Somebody else would have taken it. And I'd be damned if a client's going to come in and take it. Somebody else would have taken it. The thing is, even if another, um, Another client didn't come in, the staff, right? Somebody who's cleaning up, somebody who's sweeping the floors, like it would have, it definitely would have gone to somebody else. So, um, how important is a series like P Valley for reminding us to cisgender women that we have it easy when it comes to situations like being incarcerated and locked up? with cisgender men. What did you think of that scene where the transgender woman was denied entry to the women's jail cell? Um, it in itself is an important reminder for for people. The thing is that that moment would never serve as anything but a reminder if you already know some Like, I guess it made a few cis go, 
Oh, yeah, good point. But they're not thinking about the actual horrors of what that would mean. If that mm-hmm. woman went into a, a male a male prison like that, nobody's thinking about what that would mean. Not even just for, okay, here are all these violent men around me, but, like, hormones she wouldn't be able to have access to, most likely. And mm-hmm. what that would mean for her health, it's literally life or death quite often. Um, but it's not... It's just like, it's that weird thing where it's like, it's a reminder that the people who are going to think deeply about it from this reminder already know the plight. Like, if you're if you're paying attention or if you're super aware of this because you're queer and you, you've you seen it happen near you, or if you're paying attention to if you see McDonald case, who was a black trans woman who was, who is a black trans woman who was put in two different male prisons, I think. Wow. Um, after being assaulted and standing up for herself because she was black and trans. So somebody oh, tags wow. you, you defend yourself, you go to jail, and then you in a male prison, then you don't have access to your hormones. And like, I watched that happen in real time. I'm already aware of that. We've seen it on SVU. Um, Orange is the new black. Show that has done Orange. Orange is the new black, yeah. exactly. So if we already know about it, right? If we've already seen some of these things happen and we know that the law hasn't been fixed, then like you're, you're reminding us what we already know. But if you're reminding, if you're so-called reminding people who don't know anything about this, what's the way to bring it up if you're not going to tell them why that is so horrible? Like the people watching this who have never thought about that didn't learn anything. I'm not criticizing the show, mm-hmm. but it was just like, it was a weird way to bring it up but not talk about it. That's fair. That's really fair. Um, I know I watched it. I've, I, and I did watch Orange is the New Black, watched it. But when I saw that scene, it just really, I felt her pain. Um, and I appreciated that because I do think it could, we, we, or I think you never know how somebody could be moved by that and just made aware of it. Something that they hadn't thought about before. And maybe they'll continue to bring up those issues as the show goes on because they definitely brought up a fair amount of topics within the first um, season. So, Yeah, that would be nice. They just needed more time. But that's a very good point. And you're like, you could have, there could have been a bit more, but I, I really appreciated it. So I think that Patrice is in a sex cult. With her talking about, with her talking about how God is better than orgasms from vibrators or a man, she was down in the muck and God forgave her. She was a pimp who ran scams, taking out credit cards in her toddler's name, and God forgave her. But is it possible for us, two P Valley fans, to ever forgive the controlling, manipulative, abusive bitch? That is Mercedes' mom, Patrice. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know if I think she's in a sex cult. I love cults, but I don't think she's in one. I think she's simply perverse. Um, or, I mean, you could say honest. I took it too far. Yeah. I was just joking, yes. I know, but I, I think she's perverse. I'm not saying that she's not. But her bringing up orgasms in her little very play like jail sermon situation she was having. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sex is the reality of life, and it is kind of weird that nobody 
like people just in church pretend that there's nothing to talk about. Like it's not a, it's not sinful to me if I die. Like sex happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was just weird coming from her given her history. Um, anyway, to answer your question, Patrice can die in a hellfire. I don't have there. There will never be a redemption arc for Patrice ever in my eyes. Die. You know, it's funny, like, that's why I said the bitch is in a sex cult, because it's like, I can't really, it's hard for me to mention Patrice without saying, like, something bad about her, and I said it when I mentioned, um, when I obviously discussed her taking Mercedes money, it's just, for me, I just feel like she represents so many people who walk amongst us, like, I just feel like there's a lot of fucked up shady people who may not have done something similar to what she's done, but just the hypocrisy, the verbal abuse. Yeah, the hypocrisy, the verbal abuse, the just two-faced. Just a lot of her traits are what a lot of people are. And it's the, it really always is going to be the ones that you trust. Um, and so I think that I I think that fans can can definitely forgive Patrice as you know, if she were to return the money, if she were to let Mercedes have her gym, um I, I think she would have to do that. And clearly that's not what she's about. And so I don't see I don't see fans forgiving Patrice. They don't like her. And I do think it's um, her character. She's not, it's not in her to be kind to, to Mercedes because you saw what she did in the season finale. Um, So I think she's just going to remain who she has been for Mercedes entire life. And and I don't see that changing, but if she were to, to do a 180, I would say, okay, I forgive Patrice. I just don't want her on the show anymore. So it's like, I don't want to see her redeem herself. I want to see her down bad. Like I want to see her sunk to her lowest. I want to see her with nothing. I want to see her ill and broke. (laughs) I'm not a Patrice fan. I am not a Patrice (laughs) fan. I want, I want Lauren to sing some solos up in her church. I want, I want the church to just, be taken away but before it's taken away I want her stressed I want like everything bad to happen you know everything that could bad that could possibly happen to that church I want it to happen and then I need her to go away but I also would love for her to just give Mercedes her fucking money back but again that's not going to happen I just I don't know when I saw what Patrice did to Mercedes I was like my mom is fucking great. Like, I'm just like, I think for all of us who haven't gone through betrayal of that degree from our own parent, we all kind of just, we appreciate it. And it, it just, it makes you feel so bad for, for Mercedes. That's all. Thanks for listening to part one of my interview with to me love her i will be posting part two and part three over the coming weeks or possibly over the coming months 
So of course, if you want to know when those part two and part three episodes come out, all you got to do is subscribe and you'll see it in your feed. Lots more P-Valley content is coming. And when I have time, I will do current events, pop culture. But for now, I have so much fun with this interview. I hope you do too, because again, to me is the best. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and please do something on Apple Podcasts. Do something good over there. Help me get back on those charts. All right, have a great day.